Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 45 of the Our Weekly Highlights podcast. My name is Eric, and today we are covering the issue highlights for week 25, released on June 21st, 2021. I am slightly late for this episode, as it's been a pretty busy time for me with a few projects on my plate, both at work and with some personal projects. But one way or another, I always try to do my best to keep the positive momentum going on regular releases of this podcast. So this week's issue was curated by Robert Hickman with help from the Art Weekly team members and contributors. While the history of civilization certainly has multiple instances of regional and even global pandemics, certainly the current COVID-19 pandemic has thrust into the spotlight the huge role robust data collection and forecasting future trends with robust statistical models plays in understanding the current situation. The importance of epidemiology in the ongoing struggle to control COVID-19 is no surprise, and the advent of collaboration platforms have enabled global collaboration amongst epidemiologists to share emerging data and techniques for developing prediction models. Many posts shared in previous R Weekly issues have showcased how R is applied to explore the vast data sets quantifying case counts with summaries and visualizations. On the statistical modeling side, we are seeing many posts share a wide variety of models to characterize future trends, such as the Epidemia package in our first highlight for today. Authored by PhD student James Scott and statistics professor Axel Gandhi from the Imperial College in London, the Epidemia package comprises of a framework for Bayesian regression models targeted at multiple parameters, such as infection ascertainment rate and reproduction rate, that are likely influencing the more publicized metrics seen in typical reports. Bayesian modeling allows for a data-driven approach to assess these underlying parameters without making fixed assumptions on the statistical distributions that frequentist models entail, and the ability to link separate models for different populations or other strata is supported out of the box. The package documentation is quite impressive, as the model paradigm is explained in great detail across multiple vignettes, alongside case studies included as tutorials to see how the models are applied in a real-world setting. In this specific tutorial reference in this highlight, the authors use a two-month period between March and May of this year to model a trajectory of COVID-19 in England with specific functions to fit the key components of the models. First, they model reproduction rates as a transformed random walk with tweaks to account for early control and uncertainty over initial prior assumptions, along with infection rates incorporating turns for susceptible populations and immunity. Those are in turn blended with case counts and positivity rate models, again with the Bayesian approach, to finally fit the overall model pipeline and visualize the estimates and associated credible intervals 
to give an illustration to the variation which increases as the time course progresses. Here we see in the vignette another selling point for Bayesian models in that it is straightforward to assess model performance and basic inferences using the posterior distributions produced in the modeling process. I have only scratched the surface for what this package is capable of, but I view this as an excellent resource for those that are new to Bayesian models in R to learn through a very relatable set of examples and how one can build intuitive wrappers on top of the highly regarded Stan Bayesian model backends. Back in episode 37 of this podcast, I reviewed the history and impact of Wikipedia on sharing knowledge in an open source paradigm alongside the more recent edition of the Wikidata project that serves as a complementary structured database on the shoulders of the semantic web. As you may imagine, there is an immense amount of data present in Wikidata with ample opportunities to link to other data explorations. As we have covered often in these highlights, one of the best ways to learn the ins and outs of a new platform is to build a proof of concept yourself with real world examples, which is neatly illustrated in our next highlight today. Alexei Lute, Chief of the Information Resources Department at the Russian Foundation for Basic Research, followed that same path to explore how terms from scientific manuscript abstracts could be linked to terms contained in the Wikidata database. Acknowledging that sophisticated methods exist for keyword extraction and topic modeling, Alexei went with the UD pipe package that comes with batteries included, so to speak, for tokenization and parts of speech tagging, producing two simple data frames with results applied to five randomly selected abstracts. And next in the workflow comes an adventure with SparkQL queries using a slightly tweaked version of the Wikidata R packages query function, all vectorized with the feline-inspired PER package. In light of possible misclassifications, I really like the output of the integrated results being an editable table powered by the DT package, a technique I have used quite a bit in my recent Shiny apps to give a controlled yet customizable path forward for users to correct or remove entries as needed. Lastly, this is another recent entry to the catalog of distill-powered blog posts and the simple yet clean aesthetics are very pleasing to the eyes, complete with collapsible code blocks throughout the post. Our last highlight today promises to be a new and accessible approach to applying deep learning in easier ways. Back in episode 31, we learned of a new package in the R ecosystem called Torch, serving as a wrapper to the C++ library of the same name for training and evaluating neural networks in a similar fashion as TensorFlow. The history of TensorFlow is well documented in the AI ML space, and one key development that led to wider adoption was the creation of Keras as a more user-friendly API 
not too dissimilar to the goals of the tidyverse for data analysis workflows. While Torch has gained traction amongst the R community across different paradigms, such as being the backend of domain-specific packages, there has not been a Keras equivalent on top of Torch until recently with the initial release of the Luz package, announced by software engineer Sigrid Kidana on the RStudio AI blog. In the aforementioned episode 31 highlight, the example code to implement Torch with time series datasets illustrated the overall required structure of a Torch-powered analysis, such as looping over epochs and ensuring that updates to model training and validation sets are carried out in the correct sequence, not to mention defining the specific devices that need to hand off various sets between training and testing. While these requirements are not insurmountable, it may increase the barrier of entry for those who are diving into deep learning for the first time. Using the often cited dogs versus cats data from Kaggle, the case study in this blog starts with a fairly standard data importing and model definitions, which are no different than the typical torch setup. At the next step of model training, the Luz package takes the stage by taking on the verbose definitions of compute devices and explicit handoffs between GPU and CPU with simple functions called setup and fit, plus optional domain-specific calls for further customization of hyperparameters. The final step is to run a general predict call on the trained model fit, which should be quite familiar to those with basic experience in statistical learning within R. Another great usability enhancement discussed at the end of the post are a collection of callbacks that allow you to obtain key metrics like model weights during the training process, as well as activate certain events like stopping the training process when the model performance plateaus. While it can be an adventure to try and keep up with the massive developments happening, I'm excited to see another advancement in usability as demonstrated with Luz in the continued evolution of deep learning applications across the data science spectrum. And those are your R Weekly highlights for today. As always, I include the link to the full issue in this episode's show notes, in which you will be able to peruse additional showcases of R in the realms of data science and statistics, such as using the profit package to forecast stock prices over time, how to create hex maps with the DHBNs package with housing affordability in New Zealand, a technical journey to implement server-side MathJax rendering, and much more. This is a good time to remind that the each R Weekly issue has a dedicated section for upcoming conferences, and it is hard to believe that Use R 2021, which is being held virtually this year, is right around the corner. The full conference program is recently announced, and yours truly will have a talk on the very last day on using open source software to level up your production of R media content in many forms, and I'm actually finalizing my presentation materials as I speak. Have a great week, 
and we will be back with another batch of our weekly highlights next week.